I'm Rebecca. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allie, and you're listening to Desk Chair Detectives. Hello. Hi. Hello. Are you guys Hello. ready? Are you ready to rumble? I'm ready. I'm ready. You're going to rock our world? Uh, <laughs> debatable. Ready to rock your world. <laughs> um, so I, I said this last week. We have a stabby story for you today. No spookies? Uh, no spookies. This is strictly stabby, I believe. Like um, on a scale of one to three stabbies. Um, this one has hundreds of stabbies. So <laughs> this might be the stabbiest. The scale is broken. Yeah. yeah. I would say stabby, stabby, stabby. Yeah, definitely the stabbiest we have heard thus far. Um, but it's not stabby in the sense that you might think because we're going to be talking about murders in the form of needle stabs. I have to go. (laughs) Oh my God. My mind went dirty. I know what you're going to talk about, but continue. So this is the story of the most prolific serial killer in New Jersey state history Charles Cullen. No relation to Edward. None. No Twilight. Don't disrespect um, that, that man's name. Yeah, we, we can't put disrespect on the Cullen family name. <laughs> um, but so in a nutshell, from 1988 to 2003, across 10 different hospitals, Charles Cullen, who was a nurse, oh, okay. was murdering his patients. <gasps> yes, this was all, I was going to write about this one, and then I decided not to. <laughs> I think it was when we were doing our New Jersey episodes, this was oh, one that I was like, oh, I could do it. I don't know that much about this, so I'm really excited. I just know, like, the headline. Yeah, I um, got the idea to do this because I have a serial killer coloring book, and <laughs> I saw him in there, and I was like, okay, we're going to do it. <laughs> hey, Mr. Cullen? <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Cullen. Cullen. (laughs) Um, So Charles Cullen was confirmed to have murdered 29 people, but his suspected murder count is around 400 of his past patients. How do you get away with it for that long? I don't want to not feel bad. Yeah. Um, If the 400 was like ever confirmed, that would make him the most prolific serial killer in recorded history of wow. like the world. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's nuts. Um, that's so, bigger than like, that's like, I'm trying to do some math right now, <laughs> but that's like almost double my graduating class of high school. <laughs> yeah. That is, I graduated with 76 kids. So <laughs> <gasps> there's a lot of, yes. uh, I don't know how to do that math that quickly. lots of lots of people um so he actually confessed to murdering 40 people but they can't confirm all 40 because of medical records and like records that have been destroyed so 29 is the number for him like officially number (laughs) yeah but like i said they're suspected like it's upwards of like 400 people i would just like to ask you a quick question yeah you got your air conditioner on or someone hiding in your curtains oh my air conditioner is on okay yeah. that would scare me it literally looks like it does someone look like, is that. like hiding in the curtain you caught that so quick 
she's looking out for me yeah not even five minutes in (laughs) but I can't I can't with the heat though I'm like I need air thank you I turned my air conditioning on today too all right so we're gonna get into knowing this disgusting human being so Charles Cullen was born in West Orange New Jersey he was born into a very Irish Catholic family um very very religious people and he was the youngest of eight kids oh my god yeah big fam um his dad was a bus driver and his mom was a stay-at-home mother but his father died when he was seven months old so he like never knew his father that's That's sad so charles cullen described his life as miserable from an early (laughs) age um same I can relate. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I have a very lovely life. <laughs> he actually attempted suicide for the first time at nine years old. Oh, I, that's that's sad. That's yeah. so young. He he tried to drink chemicals from a chemistry set that he had, um, but obviously it was uh, not unsuccessful. Oh my god! What? Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, but this was the first of around 20 times he tried to kill himself throughout his whole life. So he had severe mental health issues. Yeah. Wow, that's like Eileen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but later on, he actually said he fantasized about stealing medication so he could commit the suicide. Oh. Like he wanted to overdose on them. Oh my but God. instead, he injected them into other people. Um, as a kid, uh, he was bullied by kids at school and also by his older sister's boyfriends which I thought was like super weird like oh. your sister's boyfriends were what? like picking on their girlfriend's younger brother I don't know absolutely was- not if George was picking on Luke or Rob game over game over game over <laughs> <Fighting buddy. time. laughs> I think I pick on like my sister's boyfriends <laughs> yeah. yeah well I, I mean them this kid's suicidal, so I don't think we want to be bullying him. No, um, no. But I guess that just goes to show, like, how little people cared about him as a kid. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. Um, when he was a senior in high school, his mom actually died in a car accident, so it, like, devastated him. Holy and, crap. Yeah, and because of that, he dropped out of high school and enlisted in the Navy. Wow. So during his time in the Navy, he said that he didn't really fit in with his shipmates and they would also like bully and haze him a lot. Um, I was also reading that he wasn't very like subordinate and got in trouble a lot for not being in uniform. And one time he was actually working in a green surgical gown, a mask and like gloves he stole from the medical cabinet. on scary. I don't like, like it. You're not, like you know you're supposed to be like in your navy uniform but this guy is just like in like a medical garb just like doing his job oh my god i just picture him like slowly pulling yeah. on a like the snap on yeah <laughs> um he was also disciplined a lot for not performing like the way he should and because of that he was reassigned to, like a lower stress job after way too many mistakes um he also attempted suicide while he was in the navy and like during his six-year period in the navy he was admitted to the navy psych ward like a bunch of times oh, yeah and so he was actually granted medical discharge in 1984 but it doesn't say like what for yeah 
So when Charles Cullen left the Navy, he enrolled at Mountainside School of Nursing in Montclair, New Jersey. He ended up doing pretty well in the program and was even elected his class's president. Um, when he graduated, he got his first nursing job at St. Barnabas Medical Center in Livingston, New Jersey. Wow. So while he was in nursing school, he met and married a woman named Adrian, and they had two daughters together. But like four to five years after they were together, um, Adrian divorced him because of his alcoholism his unusual behaviors that included making prank phone calls to funeral homes, pouring lighter fluid in people's drinks as a joke, and his abuse to the family's dog. Don't get oh, any no, ideas, Sarah. No, no, no. <laughs> I thought I was going to be, I think I thought this was going to be like an a- Aileen Warnes case where I was like, no, on her no. side at the end, but then mm-hmm. he said he messed with the dog. Unforgivable. Yeah, he was... I mean, mental issues or not, it's just like this guy is bonkers. Yeah, he needs help. Um, So now we're going to talk about the murders that Charles Cullen is responsible for. His first confirmed murder happened on June 11th, 1988 at St. Barnabas Medical Center. His His first victim was admitted for an allergic reaction to a blood thinner medication that he was taking. And Colin purposely gave the patient a deadly dose of medication through like an intravenous injection. Um, And this is what he would do repeatedly to patients for the next 16 years. Oh my God. I just don't understand how it took that long. It's, it's infuriating when you hear like, yeah, the the events. (laughs) So Colin admitted to killing 11 patients at St. Barnabas medical center one of which was an AIDS patient that he killed after giving him a lethal dose of insulin. Mm. So in 1992, St. Barnabas actually began investigating a contamination of IV bags that were given to patients. And because of this investigation, Colin like quickly quit his job and took a different job in Phillipsburg, New Jersey, in Warren County at Warren Hospital. That's a little closer to home. (laughs) Just just wait. (laughs) So the evidence from that investigation at St. Barnabas was inconclusive. But later on, after like Charles Cullen was caught, authorities said that he was most likely responsible for the IV bag contaminations, which would add dozens of patients to the 11 that he said he already killed at St. Barnabas. Oh, no. So at Warren Hospital, he was confirmed to have murdered three old women by giving them overdoses of digoxin, which is a heart medication. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I'm going to say it that it way. Sound, honestly, you yeah. sold it. I it thought you were right. All right. Well, I'm going to say it that way throughout this entire episode. Um, his second victim of those three was a 91-year-old cancer patient. And she reported that he had injected her with a needle, even though like he wasn't her nurse. Um, And then the next day she died. And the son of this victim told the hospital that his mother's death like didn't seem natural, like in her natural progression of cancer. So the hospital ended up giving the nurses lie detector tests. Why that is the go-to for this, but... (laughs) They did that and Charles Cullen passed. I'm going to fact check myself 
but <laughs> one of my friends from college is from Phillipsburg mm-hmm. and I went to her house one time and I'm like 90% sure she said that she lived across the street from the woman who died, that that um one of the old women who died in the hospital oh my gosh that'd yeah. be insane please well, check a lot of victims so chances yeah. are yeah <laughs> I know <laughs> Um, the last of his three victims at Warren Hospital actually spoke up about her treatment that she was getting before she died. She told like other medical staff and her family that a quote sneaky male nurse was giving her medicine while she slept, but no, no one no one took her accusations like seriously, and she passed away. No, no, a come on, sneaky male sneaky. nurse. Um, it was also around this time, which was early 1993, that his wife divorced him. So he moved to Phillipsburg away from his wife. And another creepy anecdote I'm just going to like throw in here that I read about him was after one month at Warren Hospital, he started to stalk one of his co-workers. Like, why not? You know, why he, not add some stalking charges? He, yeah, he would like follow her, and he actually like broke into her house one time while her and her her and her son were sleeping, like no. in the house. No. Um, so this coworker like filed a police report against him, and he just ended up being charged with trespassing and got a year probation. But still was able to practice as a nurse. Mm-hmm. Yep, just got probation. That's good. So like, need better stalking. They need better everything in this story. Um, So during his one-year probation, he attempted suicide three times and took two months off of work to go to a facility to be treated for depression. Um, And then after that, he continued to work at Warren Hospital until the spring of 1994. So after that, he took a job at Hunterdon Medical Center in Flemington, New Jersey, in their intensive care and cardiac unit. And he stayed there for three years. Oh, Troy. He claims he didn't harm anyone in the first two years he worked there. But conveniently, medical records from those two years were destroyed and untraceable at the time of his trial. So there was no way to know if he could have killed anyone like during those two years that he claimed. How did they get destroyed? Do you know? Unknown. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, you know, when police and yeah well, they're like they were destroyed and yeah sometimes they knows like why. all fire or something yeah. yeah so he admitted to killing five people at hundred and medical center all by way of lethal overdoses of digoxin um so after three years at hundred and medical center he got a job at morristown memorial hospital no no <laughs> but he was fired like super quickly for poor performance i mean morristown hospital is like the top one of the top ranked ones in the state i think right like it like blows my mind how he even got a job there because like they are such a great hospital um but there are no confirmed murders from yeah, this I was hospital say, did he get anyone while he was there no. I mean he we don't know you could, but you could he could have, have but yeah. there's no like confirmed ones from Morristown That's so scary that is so after he was fired from Morristown he was unemployed for six months and during that time he was admitted to a psychiatric ward again for a short time for his depression oh my god Aww. this guy <laughs> yeah um so in 1998 He took a job at the Liberty Nursing and Rehabilitation Center in Allentown, Pennsylvania. 
poor old people. No, (laughs) he was in charge of a ward of patients who depended on respirators while he was there. And so there he was accused by coworkers of giving patients medicine at unscheduled times. And he was eventually fired when one of his patients got a broken arm after he had been seen going into their room with a syringe, even though like he wasn't their nurse. Um, Also at this facility, he caused the death of another one of his patients, but blamed it on another nurse. And he received no criminal punishments for either of these incidents. What happened to the other nurse? I am unsure, but I know that like he was clearly connected to the person who broke their arm. Yeah. yeah. And there was still like no consequence for wow. anything. Wow. So in November of 1998, he got a new job again at <laughs> Easton Hospital in Easton, Pennsylvania. Oh my God. Um, he had one confirmed murder there, again, using digoxin. And an investigation was conducted for this one patient's death when the coroner report came back and said that this person had lethal amounts of digoxin in their blood when they died. But the investigation ended up being inconclusive. Of course. So after Easton Hospital in March 1999, he got a job at the burn unit of the Lehigh Valley Hospital in Pennsylvania. What Um, is going on? He (laughs) ended up quitting after just one month there, but during his time, he was confirmed to have murdered one patient and then attempted to murder another. Stop. Oh my God. How? I don't understand. (laughs) Um, After that one month, stint he took a job at St. Luke's Hospital in Bethlehem Pennsylvania and he spent three years at St. Luke's and he was confirmed to murder five patients there and attempted to kill two more is it normal I gotta I gotta figure out someone I know that's a nurse like is it normal to jump around that often like how often are you updating your resume that's what I was just gonna say like regardless of the murders like no one's like red flag this guy has been to 10 other hospitals before he came here within like four years I don't know like how quickly the turnover is but we'll get into it later but one of the reasons why he was undetected was because he was lying on his job applications and nobody was checking into his past Mm, yeah like I have friends that are nurses and like my aunt's uh an emergency room nurse and she has been there I think for like 30 years wow yeah yeah I don't think I mean Maybe they just like really needed people and they were like, okay, you know, I don't know. That's crazy. It's, it's unbelievably frustrating (laughs) that somebody can, can lie so much and then take away all these people's lives. Um, So he also attempted suicide again in 2000 while he was at St. Luke's. Uh, How how many times did you say he would like 20 something? They said around 20 times he has tried throughout his life. Something like a cry for help, right? Like, yeah, because that's what I'm thinking. Like, you would think twenty he's times he's a medical a lot, professional, he would be successful. Yeah. yeah, he's a medical professional, right? Like, he has access. Clearly, he has access to lethal things. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a fine line, and it's really hard because, like, you can't like discriminate against people for their mental health issues. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Like, it's it's hard to to draw that line. Yeah. Um, so in 2002, while he was at St. Luke's, one of his coworkers found vials of drugs in a trash can that were connected to him. 
and they were later confirmed to be stolen by him. So these were medicines that weren't valuable, like outside the hospital, like they weren't painkillers. And so like no drug dealers would want them. Like they're not really sold anywhere, but the hospital. So St. Luke's ended up giving him a deal that he could either be fired or he could resign. And then they would give him like a neutral recommendation for stealing the drugs. He ended up resigning, like, no, um, surprise, surprise. So he resigned, like, without any criminal um, consequence and with a neutral recommendation letter, again. So messed up. Yeah. So after his resignation, seven of his former co-workers from St. Luke's told authorities that they were suspicious that Cullen was using drugs to kill patients. Um, So they told the police and the DA that even though he had only worked 20% of the hours for their unit, he was there when two thirds of the patients had died. Oh, come on. Red flags everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So during that investigation, the police never looked into his past and the case ended up getting dropped because there wasn't enough evidence to support that he was murdering patients. Please. Yeah. Oh my God. What year was this? That was um in 2002, like after he was fired. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to follow the timeline. It's been a yeah. while. <laughs> um, and so after he left St. Luke's, he was briefly employed at Sacred Heart Hospital in Allentown, PA, but he quit when he wasn't getting along with his coworkers and there were no confirmed murders from his time at Sacred Heart. Uh, So late in 2002, we're in September now, he started working at Somerset Medical Center in New Jersey. Back in New Jersey. (laughs) Yeah, and he was working in the critical care unit at Somerset Medical Center. Nope. (laughs) So he killed a confirmed 13 patients and attempted to kill at least one other using digoxin, insulin, and epinephrine while at Somerset Medical Center. How long was he there for? uh three two years wow not long not no long. one no like one. one oh god one I person think every three, two months yeah i think yeah he was fired in october of 2003 so yeah so not even like uh, just over one year it was wow. that was me doing what? fast math yeah and not one person was like hmm, that's kind of weird <laughs> well person a mo- once a month yeah <laughs> like, well what? this was this was the last hospital that he, he would ever work at and the last patients that he would ever kill because this was the hospital where he got caught. Good. So on June 18th, 2003, Cullen attempted to murder a patient named Philip Greger, but was unsuccessful in doing so. And this was the incident that like sparked his coworkers to pay close attention to like how he was working. So the hospital's computer system revealed that he was accessing records for patients that weren't his, and the computerized drug dispensing cabinets showed that he was requesting medications for his patients that weren't prescribed to them. His requests for medicines were also super unusual, which included drug orders that were ordered and then immediately canceled, and then a lot of repetitive orders of the same medications all requested within minutes of each other. His coworkers also noticed that he was going into rooms of a lot of patients that weren't his or that he was like responsible for. 
So a month later in July, the New Jersey Poison Information Education System told officials at Somerset Medical Center that at least four suspicious overdoses at their hospital indicated that an employee might be purposefully killing patients. However, the hospital neglected to report anything until October of that year. Stop. And then from July to October, Colin had killed five patients and <gasps> attempted to murder another one. So if they had reported this and got an investigation going, like they could have saved five people. Wow. I'd be, I mean, obviously I'd be upset if I was any one of those family members, but like to find that out after of those like last yeah. five, like, like totally preventable. Saved. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in October of 2003, a patient at Somerset Medical Center died of low blood sugar under um, suspicious circumstances. So because of that, the hospital decided to contact the New Jersey State Police with that recommendation from the New Jersey Poison Information Education System. So they opened an investigation. For that was with death. like the insulin, you think? Um, like I am not, I'm not sure which one, but mm -hmm. I mean... If this person had low blood sugar, I don't know if he would use ins insulin because that's a drug that would help. Yeah. You know, so oh, true, true, true. he could have, I, I have no idea though. Um, so bless this woman I'm about to mention, but one of Cullen's coworkers, her name was Amy Lawfren. She had suspicions about him and she noticed that the combinations of the drugs that he was accessing and how frequently he would order them along with his terrible patient charting skills and his like weird, unusual behavior around the hospital, she was like, something is sus here. Yeah. So the New Jersey State Police launched that investigation. She came forward and told them like all of her concerns and like what she was noticing. Good. So from there, they started looking into his past and realized that there were past concerns from other hospitals and previous involvements of him and patients that were dying at other hospitals no so finally shit. we're looking into the past <laughs> you're kidding <laughs> so somerset medical center actually fired him on october 31st 2003 because Happy halloween yeah, right and it was <laughs> it was for lying on his job application so they had no like evidence yet but they had realized by looking into the past that he wasn't who he says he was yeah said he was so they fired him for lying so after they fired him, police worked closely with Amy, that nurse, who was like friendly enough with him that she could try to talk to him and they were seeing each other like outside of work so she could try to like get more information about him. Um, so the police could like piece together the suspicious deaths and hopefully like get a confession um, out of him. So she wore a wire and was talking to him regularly about like what was going on with the hospital. And the police also kept him under like con constant surveillance. Yeah. So ultimately they were, they were able to gather enough evidence and he was arrested on December 12th, 2003 and was charged with one murder and one attempted murder. So, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> not a lot. I know just one so Very far. <laughs> so on December 14th, um, when he was brought in for questioning, Charles Cullen admitted to murdering 40 patients over his 16-year nursing career. 
when he was yeah when he was confessing to the police it became really obvious that he was responsible for a lot more deaths but because of lack of medical records and Colin himself not remembering the patient's names no more than 29 victims could be confirmed but he said he could remember the details of all the murders just not who they were at least have like the respect to write their names down right yeah Mm -hmm. and it's even more like a punch in the face that he remembered the details but he just couldn't remember who they were so that's they didn't why, matter to him yeah, yeah so that's why they got like no the family's got no closure or yeah. knew nothing like right. if you're gonna murder someone at least have like a good reason to do it like you know like they you know they killed my you, you know something we're gonna get into his motive in, in a short minute um so in april of 2004 he pleaded guilty to killing 13 patients and attempting to kill two others by lethal injection during his time at somerset medical center so at this point he only pleaded guilty to the murders that he committed at somerset so as part of his plea he said he would confess to more murders if new jersey didn't seek the death penalty Mm. so because of that that's how he ended up confessing to more and he claimed three patients in New Jersey, six in Allentown, and an attempted murder of three others. Oh, God. So something crazy that I read, like, during his court proceedings, this dude kept interrupting the judge and was, like, taunting him while he was trying to, like, <laughs> go on. And he kept saying, your honor, you need to step down, like, <gasps> to this judge. What? So because of his lack of respect for the court and, like, his victims, clearly, like, they restrained him in court and, like, gagged him while he was there so he couldn't, like, move or talk. I love that. What was the point of that? <laughs> Who knows? This man is clearly not in his right mind. Um, so in March of 2006, Charles Cullen was sentenced to 11 consecutive life sentences. Bye! Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See you never. he um did the same thing to this judge he was taunting him again saying that for your honor you need to step down what is going on i'm just gonna start saying that to people please step down please your honor the creative meeting your honor your honor step down please step down um it was said he did this for like 30 minutes straight like he just like repeated that phrase over and over again um as the judge was trying to get through the sentencing so because of this he was gagged again with a cloth and they actually like duct taped his mouth <laughs> and welcome to new jersey yeah. everyone <laughs> and then the judge added six additional life sentences to his original 11 because of his behavior you know oh, what you pissed me God. off yeah. six more six, <laughs> six more. more life sentences <laughs> so now the biggest question we all have is why did he do this yeah who would think to do this to anyone or actually do it? Um, Especially people who are at their like weakest, right? You're so vulnerable right, right. in the hospital. You're laying there scared. Yeah. No idea what's going on. And like some of them, like I, I think I read about a couple of like the victims and like some of them were just going in for like routine things. Like some of them were not deathly ill. Yeah, that's true. Ugh. Like I think one of them, one of them was like a 20, 20 year old boy. <laughs> yeah, a lot a lot of them weren't sick yeah oh so sad like deathly sick 
Um, so according to Charles Cullen, he wanted to spare his victims of being coded, aka like didn't want them to go into cardiac arrest or respiratory arrest. So he said he gave patients overdoses so their suffering could end and to prevent hospitals from dehumanizing them if they went into a code. Um, I think I'd rather just them try to save me. I don't yeah, know. I'll take know. my chances. Yeah. I'll take my chances. <laughs> yeah. None of that makes any type of sense um, in my mind. <laughs> no. So, um, like, especially because you said, Ali, like a lot of his patients weren't terminal. His coworkers, like, even testified in court that um, a lot of the victims that were identified were either on the mend or not even at risk. anywhere near sick. Yeah. They were just like in the hospital for a couple of days, either for a procedure or, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, so he also explained that he specifically used insulin and digoxin to kill patients because they weren't painkillers or like street drugs. So it wouldn't be easy to find out he was taking them and therefore it would attract less attention. Okay, dude. <laughs> yeah. So like, despite this evil behavior from him, investigators have said that even though Colin caused many patients suffering, they thought that he had no idea that he was making them suffer by injecting them, which I call absolute bullshit on. Yeah, what? Um, they believe that he thought he was actually helping them and that that was supported by the claims that he was making to like take away their suffering and like also attributing it to his mental health issues. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't buy that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I buy that one, but it was a good effort. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing amazing. Yeah, you're doing amazing, sweetie. Good job. (laughs) So, um, he also said that his decisions to kill patients were always made on impulse and weren't ever planned or calculated. I don't even believe like that, that because like, how would he not get caught if it weren't planned? Like you're in a crowded exactly. hospital with all your like, coworkers. <laughs> he has to actively steal medication. Like you yeah. make the decision, you take the medication and then you do it. That's not impulsive. No. That's planned. That, I think that's like the definition of planning something. <laughs> So like, yeah, he had mental health issues, but like I, like we said, I wouldn't go as far as to say he was helping them. No, he was literally killing people. Um, and he was killing people that were trusting these medical institutions to take care of them. Like it's really concerning that he went undetected for so long. And like, in my opinion, I would put a lot of blame on the hospitals for being so negligent to hire him and not like look into his past. Right. Like you didn't call his references. Yeah. And do anything. You didn't try at all. (laughs) It it's sad that it happened that way. Um, and that they, I mean, it's, it's also scary to think that they're just going to like take anybody and believe them at face value. I don't know. Especially someone as important as like a medical professional. Yeah. yeah. Who it's literally really has scary. your life in their yeah. hands. Well, that's like the kid in Florida, Sarah, I told you about this. He was like a teenager and he had like a fake medical practice. Yes. Yes. I, yes. And it was, his name was like Dr. Was it Dr. Love or something like? Yes. Yes. yes and then like a whole fake medical practice. There was like people going to him, a little picture like this. And he looks like a young kid. I'm like, yeah. the fact that he got away with that, yeah. it's like insane. <laughs> oh. 
So I don't go to the doctor. You can't. (laughs) This is why I don't. This is why I have trust issues, and this is why I don't go to the doctor. (laughs) Um. So because of this case and this whole story, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and thirty-five other states have adopted programs that encourage employees to give honest appraisals for job performance on their coworkers, and then also provide legal protection for this truthful feedback. Um, New Jersey also went on to set the standard for more safety protocols, um, including the 2004 Patient Safety Act, which was set to establish a medical error report system to try to decrease like all of these events as the result of like systemic failures of the hospital. Um, In 2005, they also created a supplement to that act, which required hospitals to report details about their employees to the New Jersey Division of Consumer Affairs. And it also made it so that complaints and like disciplinary actions that related to patient care um, were kept on file for seven years. I think they should be kept on file forever, but I guess seven years is better than no years. So as for good old Charlie Collin here, he (laughs) is in the New Jersey State Prison in Trenton. And he is not eligible for parole until 2403. The fact that he even is eligible at all. That's it's like over four hundred years away that he is. I know, but that's eligible so, for. I know, but that's I was so like, weird. Like, 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 yeah. even, like, why even say it? Like, obviously, yeah. no. I know. It's like, <laughs> I just don't like. You know how they sentence people? It's like without possibility of parole. I feel like yeah. this is a great example that we should give him without the possibility of parole. I don't know. Of, I kind of like it. It's like instead yeah, of creating you can get out if you figure out a way to stay alive for four hundred. There's one years. person in the back doing all that math. Like, okay, not. He's going to get parole, but okay. <laughs> you get frozen like um, awesome powers and just oh my God. frosted in 400 years. Well, I mean, I feel like if anybody could do it, it's someone with a medical background. So maybe not to his level. Of- not his level yeah. for sure. But um, part of his plea deal when he uh, went to jail was that he has to continue to cooperate with police and attempt to keep identifying more of his victims. Oh, geez. Well, that's good. Has um he identified more? I guess since he's gone to jail, I would assume yeah. Well, we only have twenty nine. I'm not sure how many, what the math was on how many he went to jail for, but where it stands right now, it's confirmed twenty nine. Oh, so they never found anybody else yet. Well, I mean, I feel like if he's not gonna quote unquote remember from then, like because he he admitted to forty people but like for didn't remember much about it so but I think it's absolutely bonkers that they think it's upwards of like 400 people right and that just says so much about the places he was working like nobody noticed that that could be over 400 people (laughs) yeah hospitals hopefully they're doing better now and we don't see a repeat of anything like this yeah but that you is, need to get Sarah to the doctor at some point. Yeah, <laughs> you, need, you need a you need a physical. Need a physical. <laughs> no, thank you. No. Yeah, that is the story of Charles Cullen. The I don't like killer. him. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not a fan of him either. Do no, not, not yeah. a good dude. Brings I mean, me bad to the Cullen name of Edward and I think the dad's name. I know. How rude. Yeah. We're gonna. I'm gonna show you pictures of him. Ew. 
Oh, I have a picture in my head of what he looks like. He looks pretty normal. I remember like. See if curly hair. I just picture curly hair. Oh my gosh, they're doing a Netflix thing. Yeah, oh. that's what I meant to say. I forgot they're doing a Netflix like movie or something. Who plays him out this year? Who plays him? The guy from Fantastic Beasts. It looks like. I don't know. What anyway, I can't. I can't share my screen. Oh, I'll. I'll let you. Okay, thanks. I'll allow it. <laughs> I think try that. Oh. York. Yes. Here he is. Oh. Ooh. I no. Oh, here's four. A collection of mugshots. This guy's gonna play him, the little English guy. I don't know. Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. I didn't really I don't know what his name is. I didn't really look at it. Name. Oh, the good nurse. That is the movie. I mean right. the book, the book about this case. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh yeah, he is playing him. That's uh Great job, Rebecca. Good job. All right. Nice and quick. Yeah. Got that to the was, point. I don't like that out. kind of stabby, though. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that stabbiness. Yeah. Well, so about um, a needle, I don't like. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't really depict the needle-ness much. That's true. I, I appreciated that. You're welcome. You yeah. did a good job. Thanks, pal. All right, um, Allie, you're up next week. Don't let us down. Uh, or I'll else I'll inject you with medication while you sleep, if you do. I don't have a lock on my bedroom door. Ooh, <laughs> you shouldn't say know. that. Stalkers. Yeah. <laughs> cut that out. You don't even hear anything. I'll cut that out. Wait, we should just beep all of these things instead of cutting it out. Yeah, that, so that would actually be really funny. I did beep something out one time. I forget what it was. Yeah, what was it? That was funny. I, I, think, I think it was when we were talking about what we were going to do for next week and we didn't oh, want to yes, spoil yes. it. But I think instead of stealing a beep noise off of youtube i'll just go beep 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 beep, beep. <laughs> we'll use our own beep okay bye 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 resources for this episode include new york magazine murderpedia.org and the new york post desk chair